Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to the Champman on the Post podcast. We've had a bit of a break because it was Christmas and New Year and we've got families, so yeah, we deserved it. I'm your host Ross and with me as ever is Dave. Hello. How are you, sir? How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. I've got, since we last recorded, I've got a brand new job and it's uh, it's all right. It's part-time hours, it's more time at home with the kids and that's more important to me than money, I've realised over the last couple of years, so yeah, I'm happy. Oh, that's good for you. I'm pleased. Hey. Yeah. Good place for you. Yeah, how's things with you? You got the how's your boy getting on? The boy is good. He um he walks everywhere now. He starts kicking a football around the house, nice. which I think is fantastic. Um, but we're moving house next week, oh, and wow. That's always I fun. can't tell you how little I'm looking forward to <laughs> to moving day. But the the rest of it will be great. But moving you did day it itself, because we paid movers and they did it all for us, and we just went out no, and breakfast and we came back to the new house. And it was all set up. It was amazing. No, we've we've paid movers. Um, nice. but. I don't know how, how much they'll be able to move. What I'm really worried about, and this is really sad, is that yeah. the desk in my room, I think I've, I've tweeted it many years ago, but it's bloody brilliant. Like, it's massive. It's got loads of stuff, loads of storage. Yeah. It's got room for everything I need, including many Corinthian figures. <laughs> but I am sceptical about whether it's going to get out of the door uh, in right. one piece. Like, I think I need it and, like to dismantle it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't have the skills for that, Ross. Like... <laughs> And I don't really, I really don't want to break it completely. Have to buy a new one because it's yeah. It's I mean it's it's been a noble steed. It's been a really useful yeah. desk um, over over its time in my house. And yeah, uh, I like my desk as well. It, it yeah. works perfectly for what I need it for. Well, exactly. Like it's got everything I need on it, and uh, to to lose that would be disappointing. Yeah, so, definitely. I don't know. Um, I'm looking at Jerry Francis sitting there with his mullet, <laughs> in his, in his Corinthian suit, and I'm like. Jerry, me and you will sort this out. Yeah, I saw you tweeted a picture of all your figures. That is a lot of figures there. Oh, that's too many. But How many do you know mo- in total? Oh, no idea. Most are in a box, which I've had since I was a kid. And then, obviously, as I've got older, I've been buying yeah. them like ad hoc on eBay. And they're yeah. strewn around the place. Some in boxes, some not in boxes. Uh, nice. Sunji High sat looking at us right now. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> Why? Sunji High <laughs> with, with, a, with a gold base. Oh wow, fancy one! I have a Tony Yaboa sat at the base of my monitor. He's always watching. That's, that's a good choice. Yeah, I had him, and I've got a Gary Speed one somewhere. I need to find that. Um, I like someone's idea on your tweet about that, saying make a, a, a whole save out of like eleven randomly picked players from a box. I could do that. I can make a whole league of them. To be honest, I could have <laughs> <laughs> I could have a whole division made like up of Corinthian players. Like a live draft, yeah. so just randomly drawing players out of that. Um, But anyway, let's get on with the show. This is episode 12. We are going to talk today with King of the Rooks, our friend uh, Andrew, who's, well, you and him have set up a branding project, which is really exciting, haven't you? Yeah, so we've started 
Chapman fans, I won't, won't go into all the details now because we'll save some of that for the chat. But our aim basically is to go through every version of the of Chapman from the start to yeah. till probably all four. We might do Chapman five, but it's awful and doesn't really yes. count. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, the plan is to go through all of those games and have a bit of a, a documentation on it. So there'll be blogs, there'll be reviews, there'll be you know hints, and tips, that sort of thing. Um, just because I think. We all love the series. Um, there's a yeah. load on the internet about or one or two about 9798 about some of the versions, but some have been long forgotten about. Um, and so we're we're just going through them all, and we're going to document it all, and hopefully it'll be there forever for years to come. Yeah. And then people will look at it and say, "Yeah, that's where I'm going to go for my champion resource." So that's that's our our game plan. It's good. I don't think there is another one of those on the website on, on the internet of a like a resource for all the games together. I don't think so. Um, there's been bits and pieces dotted around like the champ on a one or two forums is yeah. great um but it's it's well quite hidden away and mm. um, that's where we we found um a guy called nick who's who's made some great downloads of you yeah. know 95 96 and things which even chris from uh from thursday night pod <laughs> has able to get that working unbelievable um, it, so that's, that's how easy it is thing. he is a, a complete technophobe and how he's managed to get a game from 95 96 working on his laptop is well that's it like, it's a testament to you guys <laughs> You've got to give Nick. I say, I mean, Andrew can't take the credit, but I, I mean, well, yeah. all all I did was reach out to Nick and said, "Nick, can we use this download?" And he said yes. Um, and literally, you just double click an icon and it works. That's and that's the type of thing we need because um, I spend a lot of my life telling people how to get ninety seven ninety eight working. So yeah, I've been installing ninety three oh four, and it's it is a pain. You've got a, you can't run the base game. You have to install uh, updates, but you can't run the latest patch you have to download previous patches and then patch it to the latest one it's a proper pain in the ass to get running yeah i remember i did a blog on this a few years ago and to get yeah. it running was like was actually harder than probably took longer than it did the blog the blog the game itself but yeah. uh it's good fun actually three or four i know we had um tato sam Mourinho on yeah. a while ago talking about it yeah. uh, and it is on my, my to-do list of games i want to want to revisit and uh I think if I was being totally fantasist, I'd like to do a network game on it, um, probably yeah. with you know with with Tato and anyone else who wants to get involved with that, because mm. um, it's 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 actually like the most polished game in terms of yeah. all the features, in terms of the two D pitch, uh, all the patches make it you know work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's got a lot to offer, um, yeah. but it gets overlooked a bit because it, it's so close to being Football Manager. I think people think, well, I might as well just play Football Manager, um, yes. but you know it was kind of blazed blazed the trail after Champion Four. Kind of knocked on the door, but fell over because it was mm. so buggy. Yeah. Um, but, but when three or four came out, it was great. It really confused me because I, so I downloaded it and installed it and got it working. And the, the update squads of Leeds, like the final season of Premier League, of all the random foreigners on loan that Peter <laughs> Reid signed for us. But then yeah. I also bought a boxed copy of CM4 from eBay for like three quid. That arrived and it had the start of the season before that squad. But CM4 is an older game than CM4 304. I didn't understand what the hell was going on. It's very confusing. No, no I don't. I mean, as you say, CM4 came out in like March yeah. uh, 04, must yeah. have been. Is that right? Yeah, 304 no. came out in November, didn't it, I think? So, yeah, March March 03 would have been CM4. And yeah. then, yeah, then CM04 came out in November. So. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> No idea. No, it's completely wrong. But if anyone wants a box copy for free of CM4, I can send it to you. It's fine. Absolutely no money, just let me know. You can have it. <laughs> um, but anyway, on today's show, yeah, we've got King of the Rooks talking about that, and we've also got a guy with a fantastic 
Twitter handle, Champ Man, uh, Champ Mega Horse, which is awesome. Champ Mega Horse, yeah, he does explain where that came from, right. um, which is great. Um, but yeah, they've, it's another 102 league, um, which is in its infancy, but it's it's very interesting. Uh, he's put a lot of work into it. Uh, and he's got something like 28 players, I think he says, playing at the minute, which is obviously great take-up. Um, yeah. So I'll look forward to telling you all about that later on. But yeah, check it out uh, after we've after we talked about it. I'm just looking through his uh, tweets now. It looks like he's a Geordie fan as well. Is he? He's got some tweets about uh, Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce. Well, maybe... He, I can't remember. I don't think he said he was a Newcastle fan. It's the type of thing. It's the type of thing I'd remember. But maybe he's just fly. Maybe he's just flying the flag. He's just. Well, yeah, he's yeah. Oh, it might be. Yeah, he's, he's just, just posted a tweet about uh, Mike Ashley remains reluctant to part part ways with manager Steve Bruce. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but anyway, yeah. So let's get straight into it then. The first interview will be with King of the Rooks. That's right. There we go. We'll be back after that to introduce the next one. So I'm joined now by my first guest of 2021, and he is second time appearance on the podcast. You'll know him as King the Rooks. I know him as King the Rooks, but his real name is Andrew. How are you, sir? Welcome back. Very good, Dave. Very good. It's strange doing this, isn't it? We, talk, we must speak every day. I probably speak to you more than most people I know in my life, and yet we very... You say, you say speak to, or it's probably more like you'd well, be harassed by, but... No, uh... well... well <laughs> It's a two-way street, um, and now here we are speaking in the flesh. We're probably well, not the flesh, but the the, the vocal. Oh, let's say vocal um, for like the second time. So aye, very good. That was a bit, that was a bit of a Michael Owen quote, there, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? It's, it's <laughs> good. It's a good start. The vocal part of the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to remind people who perhaps don't know you um, from the previous time you were on. What is your history with Chapman? When did it all start for you? God, yeah, so that's rolling back the years, isn't it? It doesn't feel like yesterday anymore, but yeah, I think for me, it's probably, like I say, 96, 97 was probably my first introduction to Chapman. Um, I think one, as I say, one, one lad at school had a copy and would be around his, desperate to have a go. Um, and then from there on in, obviously, uh, you know, just diving into 97, 98, which I think I probably have played 97, 98 forever. It seemed to be the game that, despite kind of CM3 and the other versions coming out, continually went back to 97, 98. It was just such an easy play. Um, but yeah, I think it, Chapman got me through school. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. It, we'll, we'll not say that it hindered us in any way. But uh, my, my memory of being a teenager is basically just being sat in the back room in my dad's house being shouted at to stop tapping on that bloody keyboard. Uh. <laughs> oh. Well, some things never change, because now we, no. tap, we, tap, we tap away in the spare room or the kitchen or wherever we are at the minute, um, still playing that bloody game. Um, <laughs> and, well, we, we've got two things to talk about today, really. So firstly, we'll talk about the Wonder Kids, which has been sort of your signature series for for the majority of the last, what do you say, year or maybe six months, a bit more. Um, Twelve months, yeah. yeah. Where you dug into the 9798 database and we found, or you found, a, a series of minus one potential players. So, again, people probably know, but just explain what the old minus one theory is. 
Yeah, so legend has it that minus one means that the the player effectively has unlimited potential, um, assuming that 200 is the top, um, depending on kind of game time they get, level of play they get, the standard they play. So obviously they they can progress from their ability perspective right right up to kind of being a world-class player. Um, interesting that there are kind of close to 700 of those in the... In the 97 98 database, when you consider that the scouting wasn't particularly massive at that time, um, probably read one of the uh, one of the regular newspapers columns on who were going to be the future stars, and then just that's a minus one. That'll do. <laughs> well, it's funny. <laughs> but, um, it's funny you said actually, because if you, I don't know if anyone ever reads this document, but I find it really useful. There's a document within the the Chapman folder which is called Edit Help. And it's designed yeah. to help people obviously use the editor and you know, not put in bogus figures and things. And under the potential section, it says if the player is a young player with an opportunity sorry, with, uh, with an apparently big potential, then set his ability to minus one, e.g., an under 21 international. So if it's any under 21 international, it's no wonder there's so many of them because, uh, you know, there's, there's been some god awful under 21 internationals for England. <laughs> I, just, I, I just find it mad, though, that there are so many. Like, it, it seems to be completely swamped by players from England and Portugal. Yeah. I mean... which, which, I, which I think comes through in some of the later series. They're like, there are players from Portugal in the later series who are phenomenal. And you just think, who 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 was scouting Portugal? Well, I mean, obviously, you know the, the myth of old Tor Madeira, who... Uh, well, he's, he's, he's actually in 001. Yes, he is, <laughs> yeah, but I think... But he's terrible. <laughs> Antonio Lopez got a bit above the station, didn't he? He managed to sneak him into 001 and thought, well, you know, that's a job done. And then he had the chance, <laughs> had the chance again in 0102 and uh, decided to go hell for leather and made him this, this well, wonder kid. Um, it's interesting that having looked at 95-96 recently, um, there are only two players with minus one potential in 95-96 and they're both in the, the foreign set of the database. Mm, it is, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, I suppose what we could do is, and this is you know the type of thing we get up to, is we could look in that file that comes with 97-98 which tells you um, who um, who is the editor for the various parts of the globe um, and see who did Portugal. And Demand that they explain themselves. Ah, and if it's still Antonio Lopez, <laughs> or whatever he's called, then he's got a lot of explaining to do. Um, incidentally, I, I think I've told this before, I, I trawled through that trying to find various people who'd speak to me about um, 97-98 and the research that went into it. Um, three filed restraining orders, but some of the ones who spoke to us, um, <laughs> they were all like, I don't remember anything about this. Are you sure it was me? I'm like, well... It's your name. <laughs> I mean, you, you tell me. Um, but yeah, like the mystery of why Bjorn Heidenstrom is incredibly good goes on. Um, even the researcher who allegedly researched them said he wasn't very good. Um, so uh, I thought that mystery was solved by the fact that there was a Scandinavian version of the game. Well, I thought that, but, I, I, I but looked, the stats changed, don't they? Oh, I, look, I looked the stats up on that, and they were bang average. Like to go from that to to what he is um, in 9798 is, is incredible and there's I mean, there must be a reason for it but but no one seems to be able to tell me what it is so you know um, anyway I've been sidetracked there um, so yes the Wonder the Kids um, started in 9798 and you start in Division 3 yep and sure enough they've progressed through the leagues what what were your takeaways about how you know how players developed I know obviously with minus one they expect to do well but did you find they they met their um, 
potential pretty quickly, or was it you know the higher level they played at the the you know the, the more it increased? Um, I I just wonder whether starting at the lower level actually hinders the progress in the game. For some reason, some of the players just kind of never kind of managed, despite given like game time, never kind of got to that level. Like Alex Martin, for an example, who was normally absolutely outrageous in that game for most people, was absolutely terrible. Um, couldn't score, sent them out on loan, couldn't score, sold them, ended up at Liverpool somehow, still couldn't score. And you just think, is it that they've started and been trapped at that level and then kind of mm. not developed and that's why? Because if you look at kind of Curtis as an example, who obviously wasn't in the Wonderkid squad but could be classed as one, he normally goes on to kind of play for England, but in reality he's normally snapped up by like a, a top-level side and played. Um, so does does that have kind of a an impact on the journey the player has? It feels like it does. Yeah, and the other thing as well that I often wonder about is the um, the stats or the abilities, whatever you want to call them. Um, you mentioned Alex Martin there. I think he's got a lot of sort of zero stats, so you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, and it's really, really annoying. It happens with with Robbie Keane. Um, you get him, <laughs> his stats are totally random. He's a striker. You may get three for shooting. You may get you know, six off the ball, one for pace, all this kind of stuff, but he's got a minus one potential. So you look at him and you think he will not work in any system because he just looks crap, but he's got minus one. So do you have a, I know you did a a very deep dive on ability versus stats. What were your your sort of takeaways of that? I think think ability will get you, is, is, is the key thing for me, I think, from that take. Having a team with almost basically players with terrible stats other than 200 ability managing to finish sixth in the Premier League. I think that when it comes to kind of where it matters is almost where the, from that experience was that where the, uh, the ability of the players of the two teams is fairly equal, then the stats, it feels like the stats come into play. Yeah, I think that's that's the big thing, isn't it? Because we all, you know, whack lyrical about all oh, this, you know, when there's, there's loads of them in the Davis and these, 20 for everything players um, who turn up and they're all like Cape Verdean nationals and you think why? And then I think I've I looked into this and they've all got a, a one for ability so it's almost like the programmers were just testing it to see what would happen because they, they, they turn up for no reason whatsoever. Like this, this, They're not actually in the database, you can't find them. Um, they, they just appear. <laughs> what, what I've always wanted to do is almost abuse the Scottish Premier League as ever and stick 10 teams in the Scottish Premier League who are basically stacked with identical teams, identical players, identical managers, and kind of see what kind of influence, look, and the, the, the game engine has on where the teams finish or whether you get 10 sides that basically all finish on the same points. Well... It's uh, it's the next one for you after you finish with, with, your, with your huge list of stuff to do. But after the thirty others that are on the go, yeah. well, exactly, yeah. But you know, you, you, we've you've gone through every not every possible permutation, but you're certainly heading on that way towards knowing the game and the database inside out. So your work is very much appreciated throughout the community. I know that for sure. Um, I'm, I'm part, partly worried that it'll ruin it, though. Part of those kind of things. Do I want to keep doing this sort of thing and find out hmm. too much? Well, I mean, if ability versus stats didn't ruin it for you, where where they could have you know twenty for everything but one ability and you know not ruin. <laughs> but that's the interesting thing again. There's obviously ninety-seven, ninety-eight. You, you key everyone with a, like a one for their stat, but it always picks them up as they always turn out as all nines or all tens. 
Whereas in the earlier versions of CM2, you could stick someone down with like a one and it would come through as a one. Yeah, so I wonder if that was like a conscious adjustment or something. I don't know. I guess. Well, to know that someone with all ones for ability probably would never have been drafted into a squad of a professional football team. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it has to get over 50 caps for England, so read that what you will. No, there's an interesting one though, on that fact. If, if, if Emil Husky, in, in the Premier in the Premier League era, era, he has appeared in the most League Cup finals to date. That's disgusting. Uh, yeah, for a player, Emil Heskey. Like, when you consider like Man City have been in how many League Cup finals? Oh, but, I mean, I suppose you have to consider that like Leicester tried it like the Champions League, didn't they? For and then he got set... there with Liverpool as well. Yeah. Oh, Villa, so... I think he wasn't. Was he a Villa? He was in that yeah. in that Martin O'Neill season. Yeah. Oh well, good for Emil Heskey, I guess. Pub quiz question. Bad, they... bad for everybody else, but good for Emil Heskey. <laughs> um, yes. So the Wonder Kids. So obviously they went, they went up, up and up and up through the leagues, and at the very top <coughs> level, they. Oh, how did they find the the step up into you know the European competition and ultimately the Champions <coughs> League? It almost like it was. It, it was too easy. I mean, it was challenging at times, I think. Obviously, you know, people all accuse me of being a cheat with the no-keepers thing. <coughs> um, but uh, uh, it was just one of those things, where I think, tactically, I think, in knockout competitions, the game tries to stack it against you. It's almost like every time in the Champions League, you almost you win a home leg 3-0 or 4-0, and then you can go on to get absolutely lashed 5-0 in the away leg. <laughs> playing against the same team with the same tactics. It's a bit of a, a bit like the League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's well we've noticed as well, I mean a lot of people have, have tagged us in tweets and things where they've um they've played the first leg of like a Copa del Rey final which is over two legs and uh or the the Italian Cup finals over two legs, one of the cup finals over two legs and they win the first leg, you know, handsomely. And then get absolutely twatted in the second leg for for no reason whatsoever. Like it's That's, I think in, in in the last season with the Wonder Kids, for me, I'm sure it was the last season where I kind of absolutely thrashed um, thrashed Malmo five two in the home leg, and then ended up drawing four four in the away leg. And like despite two the same kind of tactics, that I think they had the same number of shots on target as the two three one two two, mm, it's, uh... which was strange. Well, I think those hidden stats must count for something, don't they? Like the uh, like the big game and the um, the other one, which I can't remember. Um, consistency, no, all that consistency kind of stuff. Consistency yeah. character. Yeah. yeah, they must all count for something, I guess. But no, I think <clears throat> I don't know. It, when you're playing it, it always feels like it's almost it's a massive challenge. I think the weird the weird one with kind of in the Premier League was that. It was almost kind of nine times out of ten. It was a slow start, and the, the, this didn't do well at the beginning of the season. Then kind of grew into the league, and then kind of almost there was no kind of complete cruise like you normally say from most teams, who kind of or at least the AI sides when they you know when they win the league where yeah, they've just yeah. been off the whole season. But uh, uh, well. There's also the problem that you know Man United win the league every season with a flat four four two. But if you play that four four two, you will get yeah, absolutely rushed. nothing. So Paul scores wouldn't score a single goal. <laughs> it's it's a mystery. It is a mystery. Um, so the Wonder Kids has now moved on um, to a new game, uh, which was part of the other reason why they're here tonight, which is uh, our launch of, of Champman fans, which we'll, we'll cover in more depth in a moment. But so the Wonder Kids have made the move to Champman 
0001, which is the hardest game to say. <laughs> needs a snappy, <laughs> needs a snappier title for sure. But um, how is that going so far? And tell us about how you've pitched them in 0001. Yeah. So again, obviously the concept was just to see kind of, you know, how how would those players progress in the database given that you know in all odds i think there's only a handful of them are still deemed kind of as wonder kids at that stage three years time still um and kind of see whether the same progress is easy to achieve in what was you know arguably a a broader more difficult game to manage with kind of more more things to confront and deal with um across that the you know the, the the newer series um I think that I've pitched them in, obviously, in the conference, kind of. It always makes sense to start at the very bottom of wherever the series allows you to start. So, again, it felt like that was the case, although in some respects it almost feels like I'm not learning anything from starting in the conference. I'm almost <laughs> given, giving them a free season to play football and, and develop and for their stats to improve. Um, largely, I think it's been fairly straightforward. I think there have been some... It, it's weird that as well, in a, similar to some of the earlier games, the players just don't turn up, and friendlies friendlies produce some absolutely random outcomes. I think in Night 78, when I played some of the... Um, some of the kind of, like, the close-season friendlies, where it was almost in Division 3, but beating Real Madrid and stuff like that, except it's almost working the opposite way. <laughs> um, Tactics is a bit of a different one as well. I think I've had to get used to the fact that it's, you know, the, the, the tactics are completely different. Um, I think I've settled in on a 5-2-1-2 direct attacking, uh, but no kind of, no depths in some of the more kind of granular tactics at this stage, which kind of does, I think, what we know now is I tend to, if I concede, concede the first goal because there's no, no pressing, no kind of, pushing on from the off it's almost like just sit back lose the possession knowing that the quality should kind of get us through the season yeah and this is but there's, a lot, but there's a lot of what i forgot about in this game is there's a lot of homesickness with the fact that it's a <laughs> squad of multinational players playing in the conference who want to be playing at a higher level and don't speak english well i mean there's a way to learn english football and there's the conference isn't there like it's uh it's a baptism, <laughs> it's a baptism of, of fire to say the least um, proper football. Well, there is that. Um, it won't be mollycoddled. They'll have to learn the hard way. I think the one so far, the one that's standing out for me is that Yuri Rose is just kind of still being phenomenal, moving from kind of three years down the line. They say, or arguably, I'm, I'm using the words phenomenal for a player of good ability scoring goals in the conference. <laughs> um, but I think the, the 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 kind of the ultimately the good thing about the we'll call it U1 uh, series, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the stats can actually improve. Yes. Feels like a positive. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that is, it's nice to say the fruit of your labour, isn't it? But uh, I think this is partly why we've launched Champman fans, is that we know all about 97.98, and I think you're in the same boat as me, where you're a little bit fascinated by how the database has developed over time, um, how certain certain players have been, you know, consistently good series to series how others have just you know come and gone dropped off the stories behind you know obviously we've talked about Matoma Madeira Antonio Lopez whatever he's called 
Um, there's probably more of them around. Um, yeah, it's an opportunity to dive into the Phil Neville fan club and find out <laughs> how, how great he was across every season. Well, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's the third reason we launched the website. But um, <laughs> let's let's talk about Champion fans very quickly. Then, so we've launched this. Um, I wouldn't say on a whim. Like I think I've talked about doing this for a long time, but when I first started doing what I what I do, I, th- I said, well, the long term aim would be to have this central hub for for all Champman, you know, fans to come to and say, well, I want today I want to have a look at, I don't know, 992,000. I'll click on the link there, you know, here's how I install it, here's the best tactics, here's the players who enjoyed it, here's some blogs about it. And if you can have that central area, I think that's a great legacy to leave behind. I'm not I'm planning on going anywhere, but, you know, we won't be doing this forever. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I've sort of built up 9798 over a series of what's coming up to six years, I think, now. Um, yeah. Along the way, we launched CMO one or two blogs, which uh, is still going to this day. You know, Zach's just started off his new series this week, so that's great to see. Um, and we thought, well, you know, we've been speaking on this podcast about all these other versions of the game, which we've all played at some point in our lives, and, you know, some of them haven't stuck around, like Next 798 and 102 have, so let's dig them out and let's, you know, let's, let's, get, let's get them some online presence and... You start with the with U one as we'll call it. Um, <laughs> we've, we've we've got hold of ninety five ninety six, which again, the whole CM two series is mad um, because what you see with ninety seven ninety eight is very very polished, but it's also very very different in that there's basically no goals after a couple of years. It transforms um, so much over three years. Uh, ninety five ninety six is barely playable in some ways because it's just like play six up front and you'll probably win. Um, and what I find interesting about that is when we had the lads on talking about the first champ man um, they said ultra attacking formations were the way forward um, so maybe it's a legacy of that and that's you know again something that interests us is how how has the you know the match engine evolved over the years so um, we're going to go through every version basically between us or we're going to get some guests on to help us out and um, we're just going to make this this resource site essentially. Um, I, th- I think you've, you've had people on the podcast in the past, though, when we've talked about kind of different series, and it just proves that as much as there's a, a mad obsession about ninety seven, ninety eight, or one hundred two, almost there's some underappreciated moments in those kind of the the series, the the games that have kind of been the build up to those series that have been the building blocks to kind of how great those games are that just are deserving of a of a little bit of time. Absolutely, and I think as well, something else that certainly interested me, and I'm itching to get started, is that I don't remember being particularly good at these games, and I'd, <laughs> quite, and I'd quite like to put that right. Um, everyone everyone who's commented so far, especially on like the old uh, U1, um, I'm not going to get bored of saying that just yet. <laughs> um, mentioning players, I just think, I've never, never bought those players. I don't know what it is, whether I'm just stupid or something, but... Uh, I've always gone for the obscure player. Um, probably starting from the fact that I've done the same in 97, 98, but uh, I just, I've never gone for the kind of the established uh, everyone buys this player sort of buy. No, and it's kind of the type of thing that annoys me about when you see some some people start a new game and they'll say, you know, I've set out to do a game as, you know, the, the Barcelona side of whenever it was they were brilliant let's say or three or four something like that but I've also signed you know Maxim Sigalgo and uh, Tomadeira and all these other ones just because you know I can to one or two and it's like well you know they're good they're obviously going to be good at Barcelona like what's, what, what's <laughs> what, like what's the point 
it's um, yeah. you may as well cast the net as far as you can really there's such a huge database as well um certainly you know bigger and bigger and better as it goes through the series it, it you know they just found more and more obscure players for us to sign so it's all the better for it really I think I must just be a champman snob because I've never found it kind of entertaining to say starters like Real Madrid or something like that. And almost you're too close to winning everything already. Yeah, I think it's too close to failure, isn't it? Like if if I if I, play, <laughs> if I, if I play as Newcastle and I don't win, it's like well, you know, that's standard. But if I start as Barcelona and I'm fifth or something, I'm thinking well, probably isn't for me, is it? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone recently even accused me of saying it was cheating to start because I always used to start as Russian and Diamonds in U1, uh, which, fair enough, you know, they can sign players from the, from Division 1 and offer them four grand a week in the conference, but that was the reality of the time for them. Well, I mean, that was still a, that was a different kind of fun, wasn't it? Like, it's it's um, it's still a challenge. I imagine there was huge expectations on you with all that money to spend. Yeah. I can't remember if doing it. I know Mike... Um, Paul played uh, the whole Russian and Diamonds uh, series out on his on his very on his site, and it was very entertaining. He took them pretty far, so a lot of love for Russian and Diamonds. I'm I'm just trying. I'm I'm kind of wanting to find out more about kind of like I say the the, the series three because I think the memories of it being so far away of kind of three ninety nine or or the, the kind of to up to one or two almost all seem to blend into one mm. memory for me. Yeah, this is the thing as well. I mean, I was still still getting the games at that time. Same three I didn't have because my computer was, was rubbish. Um, <laughs> and I played a demo of it, and it was it was so bad. Like, my mum was totally right to not let me buy it because it just took so long to load every single page. And you know how, like, the curse is a little football when you press um, yeah. when you press continue? Like, my graphics card, whatever it was, must have been so bad because it wasn't even loading the football. It was just like a black splodge. <laughs> <laughs> so that was justifiable. But I've obviously found that in later life and, and played just to, just to scratch that particular itch. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. But um, you're right. Like I remember 1999-2000, I, I remember picking that up and being... I was like, oh, I played the Brazil League. Um, I, had a new, I had a new computer by then, but... I don't remember being particularly good at it. Um, U1 as well, like I had it, obviously still got it, the original, which um, won't install for me, so you'll have to play this one out for us. But um, that is another one which I, I vaguely remember playing, but don't remember having any great success with. I remember three looking rubbish in terms of the layout and the design of it compared to kind of the next couple of ones where it, it just it looked a bit, bit rushed, some of the screens and stuff. But I think the other one for me was almost... I remember, distinctly remember the Argentinian league and just not having a clue what on earth <laughs> the kind of how how the structure of the season worked, how relegation and promotion worked. It's great, though, wasn't it? Because like the, the, that was really everyone's first delve into these foreign leagues. Because back in the late nineties, there wasn't an awful lot of coverage of it. Really, I mean, it's not loads now, but you can easily find it if you wanted. Um, but back then, you weren't able to subscribe to watch. Um, you know the Copa Libertadores, whatever. Like you know, yeah, exactly. this was uh, this was the only chance you got to see certain players. Um, so yeah, it, it was it opened up a lot of doors for people. I think. Um, what version are you looking forward to, to delving into more than you know what, what we've done so far? Oh, it's an interesting one. I would, it's it's weird, but I think. Probably ninety nine, two thousand, and I don't know why. I just 
it, like you know when you it's the one where kind of I I remember the box I remember the fact that it had kind of in terms of stylistically it had kind of been tweaked slightly from CM3 and it was as you say it obviously had improved kind of from but well, I think there was kind of a, there was a close release date between those two games wasn't it yeah so CM3 had a bit of a disaster and didn't get released until March um, mostly because it was obviously a whole new build from from Champman 2. Um, and obviously ran into some problems along the way, but by the time 1999-2000 came out, it was basically all the all the kinks were ironed out of CM3, and obviously with a few new features like leagues and stuff. So um, I think it uh, it bode well. I think it it'll be a good one to play. And I'm really hoping me and you can do a network game on uh, on on 2000 There's no reason why we can't if we can both get it installed. I think it'll be good. I was going to say that's that's going to be the crux of it, isn't it? <laughs> well, like, well, like I heard you in that DM the other day, like. I can play an international cricket captain from 1997 or whatever it is, like without issue. That installs, and yet Champ Man, which is from you know one of the most reputable publishers of the time, just won't let us get past the bloody the, start, start the, date. So the interesting thing is that the thing is my my kind of laptop hasn't got an amazing graphics card. It's almost been it's built for kind of like it was originally sort of like in sort of like uh, like cloud memory more than anything, and I just got a a bigger drive just fitted into it to give it more internal space so it's not built for like playing games and stuff so that might be why it it works reasonably well yeah I maybe mean, that's what I'm going wrong that laptop is too good but I say <laughs> like it runs a 102 without issue um, so hopefully 99-2000 I can find a way to get that work and actually it runs Chapman 3 without issue um, yeah. which just begs further questions really of how it doesn't work but never mind um yeah, I would like us to do a network game. I think it'll be a fun blog. Um, I haven't really thought about where we do it or why or, or how or any of the actual detail, but the concept of it excites me. <laughs> um, and as well, we've we've talked a lot about um, Champman 2 on this pod, but um, I obviously recently acquired the European Leagues, which is a mix of 95, 96, 96, 97. Um, I'm looking forward to delving into some of those because there's... Um, They are from a time where, you know, like Italian football was at its absolute best. Um, and I would like to, to, to play those leagues again. Um, some of the database I've seen so far, though, is average at best, which is a bit of a disappointment. But as you found out, we can edit those databases. Can you can you explain this? I know we've got a, by the time this, this pod comes out, the blog will have been out for a few days. But what, what did you yeah. find with, with this, uh, this editor? I kind of just, the, the editor for 97, 98, I just looked at it and thought, the whole CM2 series is built off the same kind of base point. So it, it's, I just, curiosity just got the better of us. And I just thought, what would happen if I shoved those files, the, the DB1 files, into a 97, 98 folder and just tried to open them through the editor? And it just, it just worked. It was, it was, I was kind of almost like I wasn't expecting it to work. I was expecting to get some kind of, you know, didn't recognize the file or something like that, especially because in the older version with the the player file being split into, into kind of two files for the Scottish and English club players and then the, the foreign players. Um, but yeah, they, they all loaded fine. I think the only, the only kind of weird tweak was that when you loaded the English and Scottish club player file, 
it, the structure record was set up where it just showed you a club name and some random stats. So you kind of you opened the view of the records and you just saw a massive list of Aberdeen. Uh, <laughs> and at first I thought, how the hell am I going to find players doing this? Totally forgot that you could kind of reset the, the, the record structure. Um, so that was kind of just one tweak there. But yeah, as I say, it was... It's interesting that one of the kind of quirks that seems to have popped up is there's a bunch of players who've got 255 for potential. And that, that Polish guy who's got all the minus ones and threes in his stats is in there. Exactly the same as he is in 97, 98. Mm, it's interesting to see. How, I mean, Schmeichel's in there with a 255 for, uh, for, for potential. I mean, not only is it wrong because he gets lobbed all the time, both <laughs> in game and real life, but... Uh, or also, kind of like, I, I don't. I'm sure even at the beginning of the series, the it, it's in there to say that 200 is the, you know, it's, it's the max. I think it always has been, hasn't it? it yeah. uh, I don't know. I wonder if it, if somewhere along the way some lines got crossed and they thought 255 was the limit. I, I mean, it's a very random number to pick. But, but it, it basically, when you open it, it basically means that the the highest rated players are a bunch of kind of Division two and three players who randomly got 255 in their potential. But there's one guy in the 97 a day, isn't there? The Polish guy who's got this 255 ability. Yeah. Um, but he's crap. So. Well, I'd love to know what happens. Does it almost, does it revert to like 55 or something like that? Uh, I mean, we can, prob- we can probably easily find out because we'll just load up a game and then use the in-game editor thing. See why he's, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we, we can give that a go. But no, um, to me, it, like I said, it opens up the possibility that Will the 96, 97 kind of files work? It suggests the will. As you say, will the CM Italia and the European leagues yeah, kind well, of drop into it? And that's it. And before you know, it means we can edit you know, any version of CM2. And, uh... and it, it opens some good doors for some of the saves that have been done on the 97, 98 site. I think particularly there's one uh, Matt Wills did with um, <clears throat> the 92, 93 kind of Premier League oh, squad. Yes. From there. Yeah. So obviously, you can go back a couple of years when that squad might be a bit younger. That's it, yeah, I mean, as you say, it's like giving a whole new, whole new game to play with almost, because you can change pretty much everything. And I would presume, I would, I've presumed that all all the rules appear to be the same from kind of, that would apply to the logic of 97, 98, you, you look at the clubs and as much as there's less data in there, the kind of, the name conventions for leagues and all the rest of it is, is exactly the same. Well, there you go then, we'll have to give that a, give that a fair crack then over the, uh, over the next few weeks and months, so... This is um this is Champmanfans.co.uk. Um you can find the Twitter which is at Champmanfans. Come and say hi to me and Andrew will be building that up over the next few uh, few weeks. Um one other thing you've you've been doing, which is um to celebrate the Wonder Kids. You've had a shirt printed. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, you you may may well have seen it. Uh, I think you sent a little shot out about it on, on Twitter and I'm sure you mentioned it uh, on the last pod um, but yeah just kind of curiosity got the better of me and uh, I decided to get a shirt made um, so yeah we'll we'll be able to give that away to someone hopefully yeah it's a lovely bit of kit from the pictures it, um, has it got has it got rules on the back I'm right in saying yeah it's got uh, rules on the back uh, nine um Probably just the player that stuck out the most for me from that save in terms of development and moving on. Um, yeah. It's a nice, nice little shirt. It, it is a large. Um, 
I think that's fine. <laughs> None of us are getting any thinner, Andrew, let's be honest. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh... <laughs> Um, all right, so we'll um, we'll get we'll certainly run a, a competition to give that away. So keep your eyes peeled for that. You know, it'll be the usual. Follow us and retweet us, and you know, it's um, a nice way for us to to build some uh, some identity. But uh, so Andrew's already working very hard on the site. We've got blog on U1. We've got this um, upcoming deep dive in the editor across all of CM2. Um, we are going to be reaching out to some of our guests who've been on the pod to see if they want to get involved with, with the games they came on to talk about. Um, I'm also looking forward to getting in, back into 0304, which is probably, I think it is the last proper Champman. I know there was a Champman 5 and some other later Champmans, but they were after the split. Um, and it's, 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 it's like a different era of games because... Uh, it's just after the ITV digital collapse, and basically, if you're not in the Premier League, every club hasn't got a pot to piss in, and it's quite a challenge. But <laughs> it's uh, it's it's quite good fun um, to try and build those teams up. So um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do something with that. Hopefully, um, and get uh, Sam Mourinho back on, who loves Chapman 0304. And uh, you know, it's it's there's a lot to look forward to. So. Don't um, forget, we've got uh, got entertainers. Save of course, oh yes, uh, yes. Yeah, sorry, I can't, I can't keep up with all your work, but yes, um, <laughs> ninety five, ninety six with the, the the original entertainers, with Keegan's uh, Keegan's Newcastle. Um, can Andrew take them one further and actually win the league? Yeah, you would love it if we did that save, and we did. Ah, so I absolutely would. So I'm, I'll, be, I'll be I'll be rooting for you. Um, we'll see how that goes. Like I say, the the the, the Champman twos before ninety seven, ninety eight. Are laden with goals. Like if we did you, if we showed you a comparison table of one versus ninety-seven, ninety-eight, it's almost double the amount of goals. Honestly, it's ludicrous. Like it's, <laughs> it's. Uh, some would say it's more fun, but others say it's insane. So you can decide. Um, so yeah, that's all to look forward to. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, Andrew? While you're here, I think we've uh, we've covered everything you've you've done or are doing. That that is that is quite a lot. I think uh, just keep keep your eyes peeled for some of the you know like I say I've got I've got about thirty ideas on the boil at the moment. <laughs> some of them more bizarre. Um, I think I'm working on a quite a big tactical piece for ninety seven ninety eight, but that's that is taking some time uh, to work its way through. And obviously yeah. I'll have I'll absolutely have some plans for some weird and wonderful summer specials just like last year as well. Oh, brilliant, and of course. Anyone who can make ten teams of you know thirty-two identical players and play them off against each other to see which position is the best, <laughs> you know you're in business. Oh, yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I I probably haven't dreamed of all the ideas for that yet. But uh, uh, by all means, there'll, there'll probably be some creation of a of a playable league that isn't playable at the moment involved in that as well. Well. Keep up with the good work. I know I, I certainly appreciate it. And I'm sure lots of the readers and, and listeners do as well. So thanks to that, Andrew. And uh, where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me at King of the Rooks. Very good. Thank you for that. And uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Yes, you too. Thanks very much, Steve. So thanks again to Andrew for giving us his time to talk about Champman Fantasy. It's a venture we're really looking forward to. So, uh, Make sure you check us out on, on Twitter and also the website, which is just champmanfans.co.uk. Yeah, good work. We did a, um episode of uh, Pieces of Me with Andrew, but the recording failed because of Skype issues. So um, we're going to have to go and redo it with him, but also kind of pretend to feign laughter and surprise at his picks again. <laughs> <which is interesting>. <laughs> <laughs>
I imagine it was was it, was it heavily gated based. Uh, there was a couple of players from there. Yeah, um, Gavin Ray, I think, made the final car. Good grief! <laughs> it's either Gavin or Alex. It was one of the two. I can't remember which one, but yeah, that will come out again uh, in the future. We'll get that recorded for you. Um, but yeah, lovely interview. Uh, Chapman fans is great. I've been loving reading the uh, the blogs on there. The entertainers one is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, ninety five, ninety six. The game is absolutely insane. I don't mm. know if you've if you've played it, but you can yeah, see absolutely. how it sort of pro- progressed from that. Where you know, I think we had someone in the challenge we did recently mm. locked up, cl- clocked up over two hundred league goals in forty odd games, which is ridiculous. So you know, there's obviously issues there. So by the time ninety six, ninety seven came along, it, it kind of figured out some of the issues, and there were less goals, but still probably far too many. And yeah. then. No, next day, so now you came along, and that's when you have your superkeepers because I think they went too far the other way, yeah, they have, and yeah. uh, and tweaked the match engine um, to to make it a little bit more realistic. But mm. uh, as you say, you, it can be frustrating when you have you know thirty shots and got three goals yeah, at well, best you know, <laughs> for a whole season. Can see like seven goals. It's a, yeah, a little yeah, but, bit unrealistic. But I would say I would go as far as say like ninety five, ninety six was uh, was almost like a demo. Like it's so buggy. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, Ridiculous, really. But um, I'm interested yeah. to see how Chris is getting on with his uh, from the Thursday show because he's doing a yeah. with Leicester as well. So that team would have been pretty well, rough back then. And uh, who, who else would you start with but Leicester? <laughs> <laughs> as a Liverpool fan, I mean, they, they, they must have either just been relegated or about to be promoted. I would guess. Yeah, ninety-five, ninety-six. They were in the Premier League in 96, 97, because that's when um, Neil Lennon had butted Shearer's foot. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not as naughty from Neil Lennon, that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, let's get on to our second interview then this week. It's his with um, Champ Megahorse, talking about the 0102 league that he runs. Yeah, it's called uh, the Swimp Electronics Football Alliance, or just Swimp FA for short. Um, we'll explain all of that and more in just a moment. Yes. So I'm joined now by a man who you might know as Champ Megahorse. I just recently know him as Dan. And today we're going to talk to you about everything that Dan has been up to in the world of Championship Manager. Dan, how are you, sir? Not too bad, Dave. Thank you. Delighted to be invited. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Uh, all the better for having you here with us. Um, I was just saying that before we started recording there, um, it's been more difficult than usual to uh, to organise guests in these current times where everyone's either homeschooling or they're you know, working doubly hard for whatever reason or you know everyone's got a lot going on so I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to come and chat to us for today's podcast um you're here for a few reasons uh, which we'll come on to but the first thing we always ask any guest is uh, how did it all start for you with, with championship manager can you take us through your journey of the game from now and from when it started until today yeah i mean i think i could probably go back further than the uh, championship manager for my whole obsession basically um I can go back to when I was seven and I was going to the shop and buying treble champions for the Commodore 64. Oh, nice. And that's where everything all began. Um, I played things like Football Manager, the old Kevin Toms version, the big beardy guy on the oh, box. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then it started with um, the first PC manager game um, for me was uh, Championship Manager 2, 96-97 with the Clive Tilsley commentary. Classic, yep. Absolutely, yeah. And that that it was just... It was a completely different game, really, to to anything else. I, I was playing FIFA Soccer Manager alongside it, and uh, and just thought, what a game Champ Manager is! <laughs> so much more immersive. It is incredible thinking back about how much choice we used to have as kids of like what management game we'd play. Like, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I could probably think of four or five I'd be playing at any one time. 
I mean, none of them were ever as good as Champ, but they always used to have these little sort of blasts on. Uh, uh, there was one that was one on the PlayStation. It was like, what was it called? Now I can't remember. But LMA Manager? No, not LMA. It was one of like the lesser known mm. ones. It was like for like Ultimate Soccer Manager or something like that. I seem to remember. Getting I had it. Ultimate Soccer Manager too on the PC. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was one you could do I mean, bribes on and things. Oh yes, that was great. Um, <laughs> And you mentioned the Commodore there as well. I always go back to this as well because I had a I had a Commodore at Amstrad um, when I was, you know, probably five or six. And on the Amstrad, I inherited this massive box of games from I think my grand's next door neighbour who went off to uni or something and didn't want to take his Amstrad, so he donated them to me. And uh, we, I had, there was a management game on there where you could put in all your own player names, which were quite appealing to me as like a six-year-old. You know, put your class in there. It's great. Um, <laughs> and whenever you got a penalty, like it, it buzzed like hell, like. It scared the shit out of us the first time it happened, and I cannot find any recollection of this game anywhere online. Um, but I'm, I'm sure it was some sort of like European Cup type scenario. But this needs to be found. I know. I'm gonna have to. You know, <laughs> I won't bore you with the details. But yeah, that's that's kind of the next thing I'm looking at, trying to trying to recover whatever game that was. Um, but no, I had a big collection of what were fundamentally terrible management games when you look back. But <laughs> the time, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you started with with the the sort of the old CM2 or the middle CM2 of the three. Um, yeah. Which actually where I started as well. Looking back, do you think of that one particularly fondly, or has it sort of been usurped by United Seven Ninety Eight, which was its sort of bigger, better brother? I mean, aside from the sort of Clive Tilsley commentary um, and his the robotic sound that it made, um, no, Ninety Seven Ninety Eight just just blew it apart. Really, just for for me the editor <laughs> the mm. editor is the big thing for me obviously the extra leagues was great and being able to play you know three three different countries at once was great but but it was the editor you know just just going on there and putting yourself in the game or as you said before you know like your, your class and everything making them the best team possible as well trying to blow everyone apart but uh, yeah yeah big the big thing 9788 as well um just playing remember playing this massive save with my brother um you know, we were three teams, three different countries each, and it was sort of the one memorable game I can really remember from '97, '98. But I still play the game to to date. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the editor there. It essentially meant the game was it was more than one game, wasn't it? You could have you could it could be any game at all you wanted it to be. You could uh, put te- teams in, teams out. You know, you could do pretty much anything at all that game. And as you've seen on uh, the community at the minute, people are always finding new new things to do with it. Um, which is remarkable, really, when you think it's what twenty-four years old this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's catching us up. It is, it is. It's ridiculous. Um, do you remember any any save you had that went on, you know, particularly a long time during that era? I know you mentioned you had one with your brother, where you were several different teams. Was that the, the one, or was the you know everyone has the the one save, which you know is the one you always talk about and remember. That's the one I remember most of anything. I had an Inter and Dortmund and Real Madrid, and yeah, fantastic. Just the the, the players. I mean, some some of the t- players will go into that five-a-side team later on, or well, one or two of them will, yeah. yeah. And um, and but it's those those other ones as well, like finding the Olaf Peruzzi from Empoli. I mean, who was he? <laughs> he was he, he fit into that team really well. Uh, Peter Bosch and. Uh, Luigi Sartor, who's just been done for some sort of crime this week. I think it was a, a drug crime. Yeah, just just th- those memories of of that inter team that was on that game specifically, and obviously you know Svindel Larsson and Hayden Strom and players like that are all all great. Um, Fangi, 
but uh, oh, and Natty Pong Street on in from Thai Farmers. What a what a player he was. <laughs> he actually was as well. I mean, I had him in my um, Mulhouse save, which was last year, I think, when I did that. And even in like the French league, he was still racking them in. Um, I think most people had him as like a lower league player, and he sort of worked his way up. But even he, he could still do it in League One. He'd be happy to know he uh, he, <laughs> he, he still got it. Um, do you remember like how you found some of the some of the um, sort of the the niche players? So, you know, you mentioned Hyde, Strom, and Sindel last night. Do you remember like how you came across them, or was it just word of mouth, or just luck really that you came across them at the time? Those ones, I think it was a real database troll. I mean, you know, we had the internet, but what the internet was then compared yeah. to now is just, is nothing, is it? You know, it's finding those players for yourself. And then maybe, maybe a few of them came up in a, in the list of uh, players in like a PC gamer or something like that, maybe. But, you know, you had to do most of the work yourself back then. You did. And I think that. I think that's part of why the games have lasted so long because people have had to sink in a lot of time and the feel, you know, it's a bit of an achievement to have got anywhere with it because it was all off your own back. Like as you say, nowadays if you're struggling, you go online, you look at a forum, and oh, you know, he's 20 players who you can sign for less than 100k will make you make your team a million times better, and that's it, and it's, that's it done. But back then we had to kind of put these puzzle pieces together ourselves, and if it didn't work, you had to try something else and. Probably there were hundreds of saves that were started and scrapped within a matter of hours because it just wasn't working. <laughs> you know, I, I think that kind of trial and error part of it's gone out of the modern uh, the modern world, but it's what we were building. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think now you know when you look at things like the modern day football managers, I, I don't I don't have the time to be able to try one out. I know you've been giving it a go, haven't you? But uh, <laughs> it's it's something that's just I don't know how much time that I would have to sink into that to get through the first day. No, and that's that's exactly it, and that's what I'm, I'm doing it real time. So it's like it's been manageable for me because I can go on on an hour on a night and I don't know do my train session for the week, or I can you know hit the transfer windows open, I can have a look through the, the the list and try and find some players and do some scouting that kind of thing, and that's it for a night. Um, and sometimes I'm looking at forwards like a day for us, and I don't have to. I know I don't have to log on the next night, and it'll just I can wait. Um, but it's 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 a real. It is a job. <laughs> like to me, it feels like a job. It, it, I don't get an awful lot of joy out of it, but when it goes well, I do feel like you know I've built this, but it's not worth the effort a lot of the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> a real different feeling to uh, to the previous ones, I oh, imagine. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you about today really was um, recently you've been you've launched the. The Swemp Electronics Football Alliance, which runs on Champion 102, which we'll come on to in a moment. But firstly, what what is what we're going to call Swemp FA for short? What is it? How has it come about? And tell us about it. Um, sort of a culmination of a lot of different things. I mean, um, over the course of the lockdown is when I sort of really got back into playing again. I'd, I'd done a few things over the last five years or so. I had been on twitter for a little while a few years ago and thinking you know i was enjoying things getting involved there but then just time took over and a lot of different things going on in life so i, I came came off twitter came back on with the lockdown and, and just got really sort of immersed with the community in there and i've got back into watching the super league again i've been doing my old challenge my challenges of like the oldest players in the game versus the youngest players in the game um one where i've had a league of 
people in all sorts of different, you know, all a team full of goalkeepers, a team full of centre backs, and so on. Um, taking Wimbledon to different countries in the world and playing seasons with them there, <laughs> and and then it's like, well, what can I do next? And and I thought, let's get people involved. And so I wanted basically people to put their teams forward, where they can pick literally anyone from the game they want. It doesn't matter if someone else has got them. It's it's all about who do you want. I'll make the clones, it's fine. And I suppose what I didn't want to do was just, you know, emulate Super League. That's that's there on its own. That's the pinnacle for me that, you know, that's that's the one in, in the uh, Championship Manager community. Mm. This is more like a rugby league, rugby union sort of different code <laughs> type thing <laughs> where I get the idea from. So, I mean, my hope was to get 10 people together and, and get a few squads there. And, you know, it's it was... You know, thought, oh, that that'll be it'll be nice and quick. And then it got to twenty eight people, um, and there's a waiting list now as well. So I've got wow. two two full divisions of uh, fourteen teams, people coming up with either squads of their absolute favourite players or concept squads like ex Liverpool players or ones who've played for Hyde United or <laughs> Swansea or a team full of the bravest players in the in the game and such like and. It's just it, it has brought a lot of different people together, and and that's the kind of the thing I wanted to do during during this lockdown time. I, mean, I know some people have you know experienced difficulties during that time. Other people have found it you know a bit of a breeze. But you know for for me it was it was that sort of morale booster for people to to do that. My original idea with it was I was just going to have those teams playing each other and put the results out and with a few screenshots and go yep. Here you are. Here's the here's the results for this week, and then people are saying, "Well, you know, why don't you stream it or record it or something?" So, you know, I'm 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 doing late night recordings. It must be like the earliest start has been about ten past eleven at night, <laughs> just to fit it in with family time, yeah, yeah. and then get it on YouTube the next day. But I've had some some great commentators on there as well so far. So my brother's been on there. Um, CM Fortuna, uh, the uh, Fortuna uh, deflection manager. Uh, Steve Wright's been on there, and um, and of course um, Alan uh, CMO One Hundred Two Legends oh, yeah. has been on so far as well. So you know he's. If I think back to what, where my Twitter enjoyment came from, it was seeing his account. Yeah, he's uh, he's brilliant, isn't he? I know he's had to slow down a little bit in recent times because of toddler Cherno and stuff, but uh, <laughs> at his peak, he was absolutely immense with the amount of content he was getting out on on a One Hundred Two on a you know a daily Indeed. basis. Um, so, what's the format like then? So you say it, it gets uploaded on a on a Wednesday. Do, do teams get managed by you know? Do they just send their teams in advance, or are they, are they allowed to come on and sort of give you sub instruction things, or is it all just they give the the team in advance and then that runs off, or how does it work? So, due to it being recorded, then I've had to think right. What would I want if I couldn't actually be there at the time? And so, you know, I put the the save is available for people to look at. So if they want to you know, do a bit of jiggery-pokery on CM Scout or whatever they've got to look into the players. Fair enough. That's their decision with that. Um, and so, I, you know, the squads, they have a look at who's available, um, pick their own team, formations, not allowed to do any of the old wib-wob tactics oh, good, and good, good. <laughs> must be a minimum of three at the back and there must be two people out wide somewhere in the team, um, <laughs> at least two. So I've kind of, kind of gone for... 
what looks a bit more like football, I suppose, rather than what looks like a successful champ manager formation. Um, no player instructions can be sorted, but team instructions are fine. Um, substitute requests, I've, I've got a half-time, allowed to do what they want at half-time, and at 60 minutes, those kind of things. So people send their conditions, you know, like, um, oh, any potential injuries, take those ones off at 60 minutes, or um, if they're if the goalkeeper's on a five or below, take those off. And they, they can give me as fine, detailed instructions as they want to do. And I will do absolutely everything I can to, to try and make those things happen for them at those points. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very good. It's a good way of doing it. Um, what uh, what league have you overwritten to make it happen? Or is it like is it a custom one? Or I don't really know how, how that would work. It's two leagues. Um, because obviously I've got 28 managers in, I, I can't put them all in at once. So I've got to do two different saves and I right. thought right I need two two leagues where I can have 14 teams in each one so my division one teams are all in Norway and so. the division two teams are all in Sweden oh that makes sense and it'll be a three up three down at the end of the season so that will take me to uh you know do a bit of editing again swapping the teams over between countries which should be a lot easier although at the same time the nationalities of the players have to change as well because all in all Division One players are Norwegian, and all Division Two players are Swedish. Oh right. <laughs> oh yeah, I've, I've tried to think of everything that could sort of so it, happen is to that make the, it yeah is successful. That, is that to fit in with the, the rules of those leagues, or is it just to stop having the the three FGM problem? It's I suppose yeah. I mean, the Norwegian league's only two foreigners, and so I oh, thought right, let's just make let's make everybody the same nationality. They'll they don't have to adapt to playing in that country. They can all speak the language of everybody else within the teams. And, you know, the national teams, <laughs> if I didn't take charge of those countries, they're absolute carnage. Um, <laughs> I have to take charge of both Norway and Sweden on the um, the respective leagues because otherwise the players would be called up for the World Cup. But when you go on to the game at the start and notice that, well, let's, let's say the, this international round coming up and I've, taken charge of Sweden with a terrible squad which will be facing like four Patrick Vieiras and three Nestors and things like that in the same team so they will get destroyed but it's that you know that's part of the fun as well seeing what sort of things the countries come up with well that's quite interesting really I mean it really has shaken up the landscape of, uh, of how that would all work out <laughs> yeah it, it is quite strange you know seeing that you know one day um Andre Milevsky is the best player. He's getting eights for every single team that he's playing for, or <laughs> that makes him Javan is scoring five goals in a day, but he's scored for three different clubs. It's it's <laughs> it, it's uh, just it's amusing watching, you know, Roy Keane take himself out as well. Well, that would definitely happen. I think he would fight himself though, <laughs> regardless whether he was a clone or not. He just seems the type who would actively fight himself given the opportunity. <laughs> He seems to be mellowing a bit these days, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's, he's I, laughing. At the I, time. I think Michael Richards is uh, just about dragging him out of his, uh, his shame spiral. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so far, how, how far through the season are we? Is it, has it been only one season so far? Or what's it's, the... Yeah, I mean, basically, the the whole idea for the league came through. I think, I think I put it out there early January, hmm. and. Um, and so by the time it came around to be about mid-January, I'd got the number of teams that were going into it. And it took me, I think, about about 12 days or so to put it all together once it was going, which which involved around 
75,000 different pieces of data being typed in because there's, there's no there's no option to clone a player. It's all um, having to type in each individual attribute for every single player. Um, so if I'm making eight Maxime Sigalcos, then I've got to literally create eight, eight of him from scratch. So it it was good. It it was I don't know. It was it was fun, <laughs> and then it was monotonous. Yes. And then when it got down to about sixty players to go, it was like we're nearly there. We're nearly there. But there were about five hundred and fifty clones to make. Oh, that's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> it's just... it's all been worth it because it's done. I just imagine though when the season finishes and people say, "Can I just have this player instead?" And then all of a sudden you've got to start the process over again. <laughs> Well, yeah, we wait till the end of the season and there'll be a few transfers for each team as well. So, I mean, it, it can't take me 12 days or this time it'll be limited. But yeah, we are, um, the Division 2 league has had two cup rounds already so far and two league matches. And uh, the Division 1 players in, in Norway, have, they've all had three league games. So we're going to this weekend with a, a full round of league fixtures played over two nights. Mm, lovely. Something to, something to look forward to. So where can people find this once it's finished? Is it on a YouTube channel or is it just best to look at your Twitter or what's what's the best way to, to follow the league? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the Swemp FA uh, Twitter page is obviously, you know, every time something goes out anywhere, it's all on there. Um, the My Champ, Champ Mega Horse uh, Twitter account's got it, but I, don't, I also have the Champ Mega Horse uh, YouTube channel, which has so far got every single round of the fixtures on so far with the uh, the commentary um, we, I'm trying to keep shows to around about an hour which I suppose when you've got your regular commentators in you probably can but when you've got other guests in you want to make the most of the time that you've got with those people so those sort of shows can go on a little bit longer yeah. um, it's, it was great talking with, um, with Alan about things um, in the last weekend shows that I did and, um, you know, the first time with Stee, then, you know, the shows were a bit longer. Uh, but, yeah, the the hour is the aim, really, for the seven fixtures. Oh, but that's quite a reasonable time, I think, to, to watch a bit of Champ. And uh, as you said, Alan's, Alan's great value. He was on our our part of uh, a while ago now. But, you know, it's the type of person you could chat to all night. So I'm uh, not surprised. You have to go over an hour, but uh, totally worthwhile for it, I would say. Yeah, um, indeed, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, seeing as we're on the subject of Champman 102, um, why, I mean, I'm guessing you think this is probably the, the best version, would you say? For me, it's, yeah, it is the, the, the real top one. I think before that, the, in my opinion, yeah, training would have been really nice to have had in, in earlier games, but it, it didn't really suit it for a mm. DOS game. I think yeah. it would have been quite, quite in depth, um. And I loved having squad numbers. As soon as squad numbers came in on CM3, brilliant. <laughs> that was, you know, that was a that was a real uh, a real lift. I, honestly, I remember like so sad I was back when must have been, must have been nineteen ninety eight when the start to announce CM3 and they were releasing these screenshots and you know and like the internet in those days it used to load a page up and it had images on and had like it loaded like. It's like a, you know, like those shutter blinds where it loads like, like a little bit at a time, and you're waiting for it to load the whole thing. I just remember saying like squad numbers and stuff, and I was like, well, "I've got to have this game." Um, as it turned out, I couldn't get CM3, but obviously, right at that over over the years. But yeah, squad numbers was always a massive thing for me. Now I don't even think twice about it; it's just our oh, auto number. But back then, I used to clear the whole squad and I'd number them all. 
I still do it. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, you know, there are a few players within the uh, the Swamp League that are putting squad numbers in, and others that are uh, saying no, just just auto them. <laughs> anytime people want them, yes, it takes that little bit extra time when you you put in them on before a match or whatever. But you know, I I, I enjoy that. But you you are talking to someone who who when I was about like five, started playing dice football leagues just so I could like play games and collect stats and everything, make up my own leagues and whatever. And yeah, I did that for years. And so, so I was a real sort of geeky kind of, well, a geeky kid. I say, yeah, kind of geeky's wrong. I just was geeky. And, and it still continued to this day, obviously, well, with wanting to know all these different things. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, I think. Uh, did, did you ever play the... Um... The fantasy football board game. So, you know, Bedell and Skinner, and they obviously had the fantasy football league. I didn't, no. So, like, obviously, in the when that first came out in the probably mid to early 90s, I think it probably would have been around that kind of time, the, the sort of the, the linchpin of the show was had this fantasy football game where guests came on and picked their fantasy football team, and that was kind of like the, the talking point of the show. And they released a board game for it. Um, and the, the premise of this board game was that you pick your team, and then... You drew a card which had a weak number on it, and you scored points for like there was like a booklet came with the game, and if let's say you had like Alan Shearer, and you got week thirty-two, you looked up week thirty-two in the book, and Shearer got rated as a seven, so you got seven points. And that sounds pretty good, that. Uh, well, you'd think, wouldn't you? But like me and my mate played it last probably last year. Well, must be before my son was born anyway, but. Um, we played it at some point, and it took like three hours to do the draft to begin the game. And then do one match, and it was such a headache. But like, I imagine if I was, if if I wasn't, you know, thirty-two and ruined my body with alcohol over the last fifteen years, <laughs> it probably would have been more enjoyable. But um, I check it out if you if you you know able to get hold. Oh, of it. it's, 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 yeah, it yes. sounds ideal for you if uh, if you're into that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. It's probably right up my street, to be honest, thinking about what that game's like. Probably one for out of lockdown, because playing it by yourself is probably a step too far. But um, then again, nothing's a step too far. By the sound of it, if you've made 500-odd <laughs> <made> clones. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've made a lot of friends, and they're all, they're all called the same names. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, back on 0102. Um, do you remember um, when 0102, not necessarily when it first came out, but since you've been playing it, any any particular save on there, it, it's gone long or, you know, it, it sticks in the mind as being something that you've really enjoyed? If, if I try and say that, yeah, I remember this, like, 10, 15-year save or whatever I've had, then, you know, my brother will be straight onto this and saying, you're lying, you just <laughs> used to flip between, <laughs> between <laughs> games. Um yeah, I think one of my longest games was um, probably being Southampton on a, on one when uh, just just I had Shearer and Nicolaidis up front, and I thought, you know, this is going quite well, and you know, got into Europe and and stuff. But I don't know. I think most of my enjoyment when I was a bit younger was doing all the transfers and having having the real players in there before loads of regens came through. So I always used to like going back after three seasons or so, back to the beginning, finding all the players in their original teams and starting again. Whereas this time round, I'm doing a game over over Zoom because, um, you know, I suppose one of the reasons why I don't stream apart from time is that my laptop, I can't put on any um, screen capturing software or anything like that. So I can't go and 
doing any streaming and such like. So my brother and I play over Zoom oh, nice. on a, uh, a shared screen. And um, I've been Bayern and he's been Dortmund for five seasons now. I've got three titles. He's got two titles. And he's, since he signed Sigalco, he's, uh, he's pretty much unstoppable. But mm. he, we, we said at the beginning we're not signing him. But when he cost him £23 million, it's like, yeah, go ahead. You can have him for £23 million. <laughs> £23 million, million wow. <laughs> but he's, he's returned, I mean, he must have returned 150 goals in two seasons wow. without any jiggery-pokery of the game. So. He's just a marvel, isn't he? He is as a lone striker. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, that that's the game where I know that I've definitely played the longest. Other than ones where I have, um, like customized it and played with my friends and played them to retirement. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't have an end, does it? I'm sure I've seen people go hundreds, well, probably a hundred years in advance of them. Oh yeah, there's someone in two thousand two hundred and seventy something, I think, and you know, it's. I mean, it would be some, some manager holiday, never mind trying to play it normally. Uh, that's, that's, that's quite the rest, that, isn't it? When you're on your holiday in over, over 100 years, I mean, fair play. But I don't know, I think when it gets to a certain point when none of the players are real anymore, it's just, you know, it's not really as much fun, I don't think. I certainly found when I ran 97, 98 to the, to the death, which is like 29 seasons, by the end there was, there was only Peter Beardsley still playing, that was only because I'd forced him to. <laughs> but, I, but, I did I did follow the Beardsley uh, <laughs> scenario and then, uh, you know, doing it myself with, but, um, who did I do? Pat Vanden Howe put oh, him in yeah, the yeah. Wales team and played him <laughs> for about 20 years, which was entertaining, but I don't, uh, I don't know why it was him. <laughs> but but, but by, like, by the time I... You know, when I finished blogging it all, I was like, you know, I'm so thankful I kept him going because that was the only thing worth talking about for the last probably ten seasons. Because I well, mean, not ten seasons, but maybe the last five seasons, just because everyone else, whoever anyone had ever heard of, had retired long ago. Um, and you know, certainly from a blog point of view, when there's people just random names mean nothing to these people. I mean, why would they? So. In the in '97, '98, do the um, when the players become managers, do they stay on forever, or do they have retirement dates? Um, well, as players, if they're not shortlisted, they'll retire, but they'll stay on as a manager. Um, now, sometimes you even get so far in that the players who are managers then retire as managers, which is <laughs> which is quite satisfying in a way, but also things like, wow, how long have I actually been on this? Um, like, Beardsley went through, because he hadn't had a job as a manager for so long, he dropped off the management list and then came back onto it a few years later. So I guess every now and again, the game just looks at old players and says, well, are you due to be a manager or not? And just keeps like, trying to trying to get them jobs essentially it's very odd but one of the things oh, it's, it's one of the things that's really you know endearing about those games the little uh, strange things i remember seeing steve McManaman as player manager of burke Hampstead at 52 years old <laughs> stuff stuff like that and it's it's those little things that just make you want to continue how how knots county are, their reputation is always attracting them quality like Mateus as manager and Kotcher as a player while they're stuck in Division 2 it's it's really enjoyable to see those kind of strange things going on it's uh, well, it's, it's great isn't it? especially I think now when now it was so far future and we know how a lot of these players have turned out I think that's, that adds to it doesn't it you're kind of just waiting for these hilarious things to happen which would never ever happen in, in the real world yeah, and but then we got Leicester winning the league, didn't we? So yeah, that was that was a, a blow to uh, <laughs> to everything really. Um, it's a bit like another reason why the new 
football managers and probably the last couple of champ managers weren't as good as the, the bloody transfer window. Like when you're playing a management game to, to not be able to transfer players, which as you said earlier, like was a big part of playing management games. When you can't do that for eighty percent of the year, eighty percent of the game, it's like well, it's a bit of a blow in it. I imagine people weren't that happy at Sports and Rackliff Towers when that when that came in. <laughs> oh, what what they've managed to do with the new football managers is is it's amazing if you are into the full immersion of agents and everything you know <laughs> what miles jacobson have done with that is bizarrely brilliant isn't it it's just it's really good but it's it's not for me and no. and i thought you know i'd love this and i tried 06 and, and well, 2009 i tried those two and i just couldn't i couldn't do it and i just kept going back to 0102 in 97 98 that's it i mean i think if i had time and that's fundamentally what it comes down to like if i knew whatever reason, let's say I retired tomorrow for some you know, great reason where I had money to do that, I probably would get stuck in it because I'd have time to burn and you'd probably give it a good crack. And if you didn't like it, then fair enough. You could at least say you tried, but it's uh, it's very difficult to do it on a you know an hour a night or whatever. Like it's just, I'd rather, I, I could sink an hour into Champ, 97, 98 or, or one or two and, and easy get probably, probably 20 games done. And that's <laughs> not necessarily an exaggeration either. Like you can sweep through it nowadays on a, on a, certainly on a modern laptop. Oh yeah, you see the people doing the hundred goal challenges and playing a massive chunk of the season in under an hour. Mm. And it's, I mean, I still probably you know I've just been doing one of the the latest races, and yes. I would say that that's probably taken me to get through a season about twenty five hours. But most mm. of that was the transfers at the start. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. I don't know if you did this one, but I really enjoyed um, when Fifey did the old firm race. Um, it was uh, it was. In the in the middle of a lockdown somewhere in the last twelve months, honestly, all the days and months blend into one. But um, it was the first time in a long time I'd really sunk hours into Champman one or two since probably a couple of years ago when we did the networking, um, and it was just brilliant to be able to get stuck into it again. Um, I, said, I was watching good parts of that, yeah, but I, I, it was the time when I was doing the the ones where all the people were in different positional clubs and whatever. Ah, so okay. that that was where I did that. I mean, my new challenge that I'm just I've literally just loaded it up about uh, 10 minutes before this call um, is taking charge of 16 of the Premier League teams and oh, nice. going as far along as I can with with all of those teams at once. It's uh, it's it's going to be time. I have done it before and I did enjoy doing that. It was um, time consuming but enjoyable to think, you know, I could move these players between clubs and give it a go and take myself on with loads of them. But yeah, it's it's the one game that I think I really enjoyed where I actually didn't play around with the data editor at the start. Hmm. Do um do you play on um is it dot six zero which is the original or do you have the the, the Greek mega patch? I, I play the original database. Well, when I don't mess around with yes, it, I play the original. <laughs> play with the original database. Although, again, something that I've been asked to have a look at at the moment is what about putting the Super Greeks and those kind of players into the original database? So I'm just collecting people's requests there oh, yeah. and then moving them in. So we will see Tomadera versus Skolidis versus Sigalco. <laughs> All of them you know, will they work together? Are they all best as loan strikers and different clubs? People can can do what they want there. Those those great San Marino players that are in there as well and and the the super Lewis Buxton that appears in the in the update as well from from absolutely oh, yeah. nothing in one game to how good he is in another. 
Yeah, I, it, I, it will be interesting. I have to laugh because you mentioned Lewis Books in there. So we did a network game, the four of us, four of us who worked together. Um, we did um, a four-player network game uh, a couple of years ago. And one of the lads who we were playing with, like he was struggling with Aston Villa, and he signed Lewis Buxton for about something like a million quid, and he was worth nowhere near that. And we were all like, "Why? Why has he done that?" And um, one of the other lads googled it out of interest, like Lewis Buxton, champ under one or two, and he found this site which listed like a load of players which, which Pete, Pete had gone <laughs> and signed, but they were all like after the patch, and we were playing ODB, so it was just like. He signed this donkey. He was spending money on these donkeys who had been souped up in the patch, and he was, he was obviously panicked and was just trying to trying to Google his way out of it, but uh, to no avail, unfortunately for him. He's got like three for tackling or something. Oh, honestly, he was so bad. And he was buying with like a regular in the Premier League, but he was so ruthless with his players. Like he, he, his turnover of players was absolutely ridiculous. He, I think he sold about thirty players and signed probably signed fifteen of them that season, and he was just. He had a very small window of opportunity to impress him while he went out. When you've got a decent-ish squad to begin with, a Premier League squad, you probably don't want to be turning over quite that many, do you? <laughs> no, he, he lost the plot pretty quickly. He got sacked. Um, and actually, that season where he signed all those players, he was in the UEFA Cup, and um, because he'd signed all these players, like none of them were eligible. So <laughs> he was. Some, I think he was in like the semi-finals with about with about thirteen players at his disposal. It was uh, a squad full of greys. <laughs> oh, it was it was ridiculous. <laughs> But oh, a great time. Yeah, uh, turnover-wise, I mean, the biggest turnover I've ever seen in a team is at the end of my first season as playing as the Mega Horse Juniors and the Mega Horse Seniors, and almost every single player that was the in the oldest players in the game retired at the end of the first season. <laughs> so I was replacing them with other players, and like the day Neville Southall signed, he retired. And <laughs> there were it was about I think we got to about seventy-six retirements during three-month period i thought there's there's nobody left there's nobody over 40 left in the game now I, I just i couldn't go on um antonio forte she was 63 64 at the start of the game um he lasted one of the <laughs> longest but uh yeah he he's in the uh the swimp uh swimp uh, league at the moment he's in there um for the wonders of wolverhampton based on based on the knowledge that he is the oldest player in the game that someone has taken a chance on him so but probably will never play him so is he a bug or is it just literally was actually playing at that age or is it like how has that happened i mean i've got a feeling he's meant to be a non-player ah. <laughs> he's been put in as a as a player it's like with um i can't remember which version it was it with uh, jeff dunford from bristol rovers that he was a club chairman but he was in there as a player at 48 <laughs> and it was there was definitely a mistake in there with him and you know there's there's always been these oh, little we, ones about people's ju- ages and such like we've just seen in the original champ man 2 um the, the challenge people are just finishing at the minute um there's a player in the database called scott Lindsay who they've keyed his date of birth in wrong so he's 88 when the game starts oh um, i thought that, that was like yeah <laughs> i didn't know someone had played around there yeah i had no, a look at that and thought 88 i can't what it is now but like if you look at his date of birth in real in real life versus what they put in the game, like they've keyed a, a digit wrong, like the rest of it's all spot on, but they've put like I don't know what it is, it'd be a one instead of a four or something or you know, something along those lines. But um ah, it's uh, quite amusing. He's eighty eight going on eighty nine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I remember when I used to put in players into the game and you know, I'd, when it was kind of the the editing, I knew that obviously when people retire it's just like a merging of first names and surnames of different things together and I put in them um, because I'm 
sad like that, putting Jeffrey from Rainbow <laughs> into uh, into one of the squads and made him ninety five. And he, he did. He managed to get through the season. He had no stamina whatsoever. He got through the well. season, but it was those kind of players, you know, when at the end of the season that you players from your puppet team, you players from your celebrities, they retire, and then you got this bungle Barrymore in the game, <laughs> and then like it's, I basically created the essential thing like it was sensible soccer's custom teams in a way oh, yeah. my own my own versions of those and you know like your team of of random objects against your animals and then bathroom kangaroo would appear in the in the schoolboys and it's <laughs> it, it was partly the reason why i, I wouldn't just put in people on here i just put in names that i thought these are going to make some good regen names that's been great when we used to have in the pencil case united and it was just like rubber pencil <laughs> It, on the farm, pizza toppings were my favourites no, on there. On the farm. <laughs> oh, was Friendly one. 12. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you never get that anymore now, do you? Games are, no, just, teams are too serious for themselves now. I don't know if you remember the unsensible soccer demo that was uh, was out for the Amiga at one point. It was it was just sort of in the early days of sensible soccer that my friend had a, uh, a, a demo and you could play as Manchester United versus Norwich hmm. or Apple versus oranges and they were just fruits <laughs> why not <laughs> like on Pro Evo when you used to get horses heads for players and things uh, as well that, that, they, that was, they were always entertaining that was almost like oh yeah and they're going to play this match on horseback <laughs> sure yeah the not? dinosaurs and yeah, the ostriches yeah. yeah why not I mean you know other than the fact that there's absolutely no need for it but can, <laughs> can I me so there you go um, shall we finish with your chum man five a side lineup. The hardest task I have ever had in my life. I know, I feel a bit guilty. I'm making people <laughs> limited, limited to just five. I think I think Johnny Sharples four four went to goalkeeper and possibly any defenders as well, but still. Um there's no rules really. It's just five players. Um it's a hard enough task as it is without making it even harder. So where we're starting. Uh, well, goalkeeper wise, I mean I was between two when I really sort of boiled it down. I, I mean Paliuka was considered at one point but I decided that instead of Nicola Penato, I'd have uh, Franco Costanzo from River Plate. Um, I couldn't find a sort of more reliable goalkeeper on the game. He's uh, He just seems to do a decent job no matter what team you're at. He had a bit of a strange career with all his injuries and, and just disappearing at one point. But... Um, you know, as, as far as, yeah, he just, he just retired at the end of 2012, just for without sort of telling anybody, and then appeared again a few years later. And he, he was, but as far as a goalkeeper on the game goes, reliable, quite expensive, considering his value is quite low. But he, he'd always do a job for me, and he still is at my buying team. Oh, that's good. Um, is, I should know. Is he Argentinian or is he? Does he yes. Know? Ah, yeah, he is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, work permit in England and yeah. such like, and he, he's pretty much guaranteed to get one, I suppose. But I have only signed him outside of England. I've never tried him in England, despite finding him my best goalkeeper. Mm, well, it's the next thing to try. <laughs> get get him into any of the sixteen Premier League teams and find out. See, well, you see, for for that one, I have decided to make every single country EU nationality just to try and experiment uh, a little bit. So, yeah, oh, but I will do another uh, another challenge. <laughs> there's always, there's always, I'll call always it, an opportunity. Uh, I'll call it the Dave Black Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm honoured. Um, 
who, who's, who's... Next one along there, yeah. Um, I mean, this is my sort of more, most recent discovery. I say discovery. He's out there for everyone to know about. Um, Andrei Malevsky. Um, just the really versatile, great left-back. I know a lot of people put him in at centre-back or defensive mid, but for me, he's the best left-back I can find. Sort of challenges day-day for a left-back, I suppose. But, um, mm. yeah, he's... He just wins tackles, he scores goals, he gets assists, and he's very, very cheap. Another one that needs a work permit, but, you know, he'll come in and he'll do an amazing job. Yeah, well, speaks for himself, doesn't he? <laughs> the next one is uh, Ibrahim Saeed, oh, who, yes. I mean, I play him in defensive mid with an arrow through to the strikers, and I have done since I've signed him. Um, however many years now, you know, I got I got him in 2002, first time I signed him, and he get he scores penalties. He's the best scoring defensive midfielder I've ever come across in the game, um, and the the arrow is kind of I've got to give the credit for the arrow to my brother um, from 97 98 when he was losing with Barcelona. Um, and had Stoichkov sent off. He decided to go for a tactic where he'd have a flat back five, two central midfielders, a striker, and he put Luis Enrique at sweeper with a run through to the striker, <laughs> and he came back up on the game. Well, <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> so that's ju- it just kind of developed from that, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to put him as a sweeper, anyone here, and I've played the defensive midfielder with the run to the striker in almost every match since. And that is years. I say I've I've never known what to do with Said because um, I say remember when you look at it like you know you do the, the coach report and you ask them you know Said's doing really well in training but they also always say centre half Ibrahim Said and like he's got like ten for heading so I can't play I can't play him at centre back um, so I, I normally end up playing him in, in centre mid but you think he can do a job as a bit of a marauding centre mid do you? Oh. Definitely, definitely. I know as far as as far as a central midfielder goes, I don't think he does that good a job. Mm. But as a defensive mid, I know he is better as a centre back, according to the editor. But I've, I just I can't see him playing anywhere better than that defensive midfielder runner. And I think it is basically yeah, it's down to the fact that his defensive attributes are good but not outstanding. It's just it's just another one of those champ legends, though, isn't it? Like this little form from being as good as he turns out, but there he is as a penalty expert. <laughs> yeah, always scores penalties. I mean, I think he's missed maybe one out of every fifty that he takes for me. It's not bad. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty strong, isn't it? Um, next player along is now. I use the term legend here. I may be the only person in the world who uses the term legend to describe Dr. Kamalo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Kamalo, I first came across at Columbus Crew in um, 97, 98. And he, he's, a, he's a wide player. Um, I think he starts off as like an attacking midfielder, right, left. Yeah. But um, and he played, yeah, obviously South African international. Um, his dad was a, a proper South African legendary footballer, I found out as well. Um, and he's sort of taken on that reputation within South Africa himself. He scored, he was, I, think, I think he scored the first goal for South Africa after the, uh, after the uh, um, 
the reunification. Oh, right. I think he may well have scored that for the first goal for them at that point, which is obviously adds to his legend for me. Of course, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, he on oh one oh two, I'd signed him all all the way through different games. You know, he moved back to Kaiser Chiefs, and on oh one oh two, he is some form of attacking midfielder. It does tend to change. He's always seems to be central, but can end up being somewhere out wide as well. And despite the fact that he's thirty four at the start of the game, you can get a good few seasons out of him. And he just the the one game I remember remembering mostly, and apart from my Inter ninety seven ninety eight, was in the big Premier League that I, I was talking about that I'm relaunching. He was I signed him for West Brom when they got promoted in the second season, and he was he was one of the best players in the league. <laughs> <laughs> just him, he in midfield with Jordao and Derek McInnes. Just remember how strong a midfield that was, and, yeah. and I can't imagine that any of those three would be listed in a, a Premier League greats. <laughs> uh, no, probably, probably no. not. Well, no. especially not the fact that Kamala wasn't ever in the Premier League. And I suppose the best, the best two things about Lutz Kamala, the reason why I liked him first of all was that he was one of those players where all his attributes were like all 10s or all 12s or whatever. He was one of those players who just had no stats. Yeah. And, and he, that meant, must meant he was awful. But he was always good. And the the other one is, I don't imagine there's many other players that will get into 21's 5 side team who've been shot at a wedding. Well, no, I think you're probably right on that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he was shot at a wedding in 2002. <laughs> but but he's, he's still alive. Well, I mean... I mean he's going fine. I mean, if he, if he can survive being shot, then fair play to him. He deserves to be in this team, doesn't he? That's it. And that, that means your last player was Phil Mitchell, I assume, but if it's not... <laughs> who no, it's, it's Ian Beale. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I mean, it's, it's got to be uh, either Good Johnson. It's, it has to be Good Johnson for how long he lasted as well. 97, 98, I mean, the fact that you, when... You could get it on DOSBox. It was impossible to sign. Mm-hmm. You could not sign the real ones. He was waiting for his regen, and it was always worth it, no matter what his name was. You'd always know who he was, that defensive midfielder forward who could just do it, any position, pretty much. But if you went back to like the original disc version, he was available to sign in that first season, and he, he really did make a difference to any sort of team that he would be at. If you had... Bjorn, Haydenstrom and, and Good Johnson in your team, you were set up. Mark Emmers in there on a free and whatever. But Good Johnson, after he'd you know, been at Erebro in that game and you found him on CM3 at um, IBV or wherever he was as well, just how good he is for his age. Mm. It's incredible, isn't it? Because normally like, the game's built so that the, when the players get older, they, their ability tanks, basically. Um, but he is strong as an ox from the outset. <laughs> He, he just holds it well. I mean, my obviously those last two players have raised the average age of my team considerably, <laughs> haven't they? You know, from the three, well, Costanzo and Saeed being relatively young, Milevsky being, you know, younger than me, and then and then Carlo <laughs> Johnson being the team's granddads. It's, uh, it, it, I, I would say that those two, looking back on the game, if I didn't have those two in the game, it would be a poorer place. <laughs> yeah, I mean... My love for Arnica Johnson. Um, what I think about 
the Johnson family is that we need to freeze or capture as much of their sperm as possible because if you look through their family tree, right, you've got obviously Arna, great player, Ida, great player. Ida's three kids. Yeah, I know. Are, just are refer- I've been referring to him as, <laughs> as his son's name, haven't I? I've been referring to him as Ada, <laughs> Ada rather than Arna. Of course, he's Arna Good Johnson. Well, yeah. either way, so, in the... got through almost all this without making <laughs> general mistakes, I, and then right at the end, the biggest one. I knew, I knew who you meant, um, but the point remains that he's a genetic jackhammer. Like every, everyone in the Good Johnson family tree is good at football, so we need to find a yeah. way to just take as many. Of, of, well, get as many kids out of them as possible, but get them born in, well, ideally Newcastle, but failing that, just England in general, and we'll just have this team of super players for years to come. It was good to see his grandson coming on for for the team last year as well. Yeah, it's it's been quite quite the family uh, skill, hasn't I, it? I, really? th- I think I was reading, like, oh, I just got three kids. One of them's not that good. One of them's in, like, Real Madrid Academy, and the other one's, I think, as you say, just been capped by Iceland. So, um, it's, it's not, not bad at all. It's not, is it? And <laughs> and just um, it's just a hell of a hell of a tradition. Somehow, oh. don't think it'll come on the podcast, but never mind. Like we can still, you can dream. We can still hope that one day, the Good Johnson family come on as a five, or whatever, the Good Johnson five. They, I think they'll get in the charts as well. To be honest, they absolutely would. <laughs> I don't know what they'd sing, but they'd be there. <laughs> Oh, that's it's a hell of a team. I like that, um, and it's a good mix as well. It's, um, it's you know, it's not just Tomadeira and Sigalco. No, I I couldn't. As much as I like Nicky Ferenko, I couldn't put him in this team when I've got those other ones that are there. I only learned the other month that um, Tomadeira is in Champman one um, Like he's crap, and obviously this Antonio Nunes guy put himself in and thought I've got away with this. I'm gonna make myself mint in O one or two. <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, because he was there before, it's, yeah. it's just like a, a, an improvement. I did not know that either. Well, there you go. See, it's uh, that's what I'm enjoying at the minute. It's just digging deep into these games and finding out how players have progressed over time. It's uh, mostly just database errors, to be honest with you, but still, it's all there. <laughs> it's such a good game. It is. It's it's got it's got layers. People just think it's it's an interactive spreadsheet. It's not. To look behind the scenes, and you too will find dead errors that make players better than they are. Um, Dan, it's been great talking to you. Um, where can you too. people find you on Twitter and you know YouTube and everything where you know where they can find the the swamp goodness? So myself at Champ uh, Mega Horse, and the league at Swamp FA. Uh, the YouTube uh, channel is Champ Mega Horse as well, which, um, you know, at the moment, if you try and search by URL, it's got those 500,000 characters that are all different. So, uh, you know, maybe one day we'll have enough followers to well, have our own URL. Who ho- knows? Hopefully one day we can get you to that, whatever it is, subscribers that allow you to put your own in there. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the number is. I think it's 100, which I, 100. I think that that seems is that. absolutely never going to happen. Uh, I don't know, that's, uh, that sounds achievable, that. I mean, having said that, I think I've gone something like 53, and I've been doing this for too long, six, seven years. So, you know, don't give up, but you never know. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, well, thanks very much for coming on. Really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. So thanks to Dan for uh, for that interview. Say the Swamp Swamp Football Alliance, Swamp Electronics Football Alliance, I should say. Um, it's 
hilarious name, but also a lot of time and effort has gone into making those those two leagues. So if you do get the chance to check out the, the YouTube and all the fun that goes with it, make sure you do that. And we'll get down up to his 100 subscribers so he can uh, finally pick a custom URL for his YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the leagues now. Yeah, it looks insane. Well, uh, I think anyone who puts in that much effort, um, you know, they deserve, deserve to have some, some good readership and following. Yeah, so get yourselves across there and then have a look at it. Yeah. Um, we are going to be doubling with our own 97-98 league. Sure, <laughs> we are, aren't we? Um, don't want to blow Nick's news out the water here, but um, coming soon um, is Champions, Champions League, Championship Manager. I don't know if we've settled on a name yet. But, but uh, yeah, we've... we've Nick's worked very hard to make a, t- a league of, of 10 Champions League winning teams yeah. um, in 97-98. In so he's gone back and edited some players to be at their peak. And I, I think he said he had to make seven players, which overall isn't that bad. That's um, not bad, no. That's pretty considering what it, what it might have been. So it's yeah. 10 seasons worth of Champions League winners. Um, and the blog squad have basically been given a, a team each. And look out Scotland because it's going to be uh, <laughs> 36 rounds of league fixtures um, of, it's going to be absolute carnage I imagine <laughs> yeah looking at the squad I got um, it's very very heavily focused on attackers so I'm going to go all out for this and score as many goals as humanly possible so uh, yeah. there's some oh. interesting tactics I think on place I know it's going to be I think all the tactics we use work very well against the computer but will they stack up as well Oh, against crap, you, yeah. human opponents every week now. <laughs> well, I mean, we tried it. Well, we've we've seen it in the same cups. Yeah. Um, you get some some wacky results thrown up in these situations. So, um, we'll see. Uh, of course, we will have a the fifth CM Cup later in the year, which is separate to this. So don't, yes. don't worry about that. Um, CM Cup fans, that, that'll still be happening. Um, I have a really elaborate plan <laughs> for that, um, which, again, time might be an issue. Right, but. Uh, but if it's if it all goes as planned, um, I'm going to make packs of players, um, right. which are going to be they're all going to be like of the same ability combined. Okay. Um, so it'll be a mix of like world beaters, the hidden gems, like yeah. you know your hiding stones and emmers and things, um, some old fogies, um, and then some players who just remind me of you. <laughs> um, so you'll probably have some leads lads in there. Yeah. Um, you know, King of the Rooks will have Phil Neville. Well. <laughs> There'll be so it's quite an elaborate plan, like I say. Probably not something to take on board when we've got to move house, but uh, no, definitely not. But we will get there with the with the aim to doing the cup between May and the the, the Euro starting in June, if they nice. still go ahead, which looks likely now. Yeah, that'd be um, that'd be something fun to tie us over between the end of the season and the uh, whatever the international tournament's going to look like. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to happen one way or another. Possibly even in England if uh, if Bordeaux gets his way, but. Uh, yeah, it I mean, uh, doesn't seem like a, the brightest of ideas. But. No, it would get a lot of people on board, though, wouldn't it? I imagine that's kind of his plan. To... Well, it would do wonders for the economy, I imagine, because yeah, everyone will be out on the lash around the clock, pretty much. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the herd, you man, uh, herd immunity thing. Just get everyone caught in and be fine. Not, not, not a problem after that. Um, but yes, we will um, bring you another podcast next month. So we did have a little gap over Christmas but we're back now back to monthly uh, so if you want to come on the pod you got an interest in an idea or something that you do within the Championship Manager world let us know uh, you can let Dave know on Twitter Dave where is that? So on Twitter we are at CM9798 of course the new stuff is uh, is at Champman Fans 
Yeah, so it's not just ninety seven ninety eight. If you're only playing any version of Chapman, get in touch with uh, either Andrew or Dave or yeah, at Chapman fans. It's the best place to get them both. What is happening on the ninety seven ninety eight blog, Dave? Well, everything as usual. So we've we've still got our, our seven days a week. Um, uh, on a Monday, we've got Matt with his AFC United, so he's collecting mm-hmm. United rejects and trying to bring them up the, up the league. Um, on a Tuesday, we've got uh, Nathan with uh, Maradona's Napoli. Um, yep. Doing a good job there with trying to get Napoli at the top of Serie A. Um, Wednesday is Andrew with uh, I think he's cheering up Peter Reid at the minute with um, <laughs> ex Sunland players only. Um, so I think it's going about as well as you'd expect. <laughs> um, Thursday we've got Dino, um, who you may know as Emsonite, who has um, brought Ryan Reynolds as Wrexham takeover forward twenty or twenty odd years, and mm. it's it's a it's a brilliant concept. Yeah, like um, he's trying to get it. A player from every, just about is it every nation, every, every, every continent, or yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's quite the undertaking. But yeah. obviously, the plan is for world domination and lots of money, mm. um, which so far is going okay. Um, so yeah. check that out every Thursday. Uh, Friday is Nick Rue um, and his um, or one or two aces who are in ninety seven ninety eight at the minute doing really well in Serie A, uh, and then on a Saturday we've got Philip with uh, Beveren in, in Belgium. Um, yeah. He is doing wonders with them. I think he's just won the league, um, so he's looking. To, he's really waiting for the Belgium job to come. But I think that's the. That's I the, thought it was all leading up to. That's the that's the long term plan because his right. plan was really to get the regions in and build them up and then go and win some with Belgium. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's not too far away from getting the Belgium job. Nice. Uh, yeah, and then on a Sunday we're still at the retirement academy. Um, fairly. Fairly new. It's a, it's a, it's obviously a spin-off of the retirement home where we've got a mix of players over 35 and players under 23. I think it says yeah. the cutoff. Um, we've got to have five and five in the matchday squad plus a goalkeeper. It doesn't really matter who the keeper is. Yeah. They've got no chance either way. <laughs> um, it's in Holland um, with the aim of overthrowing Ajax, which again is very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, they barely lose a game as it is. Uh, and yeah, it's piss boiling, but we're getting there slowly. <laughs> it seems incredibly frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like you can have the best, you can have the best young players in the world, but when you know when Mickey Quinn's not not firing, <laughs> um, you've got you've got no chance. So it, it, it's it's a slow build for us at the minute. But yeah. so is the retirement home. We'll get there, I'm sure. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's, it's something every day. It's something different every day as well. And the, the people right on the site are just fantastic. There's so much humour in there and little in jokes and little musical references and all that sort of stuff. It's just really great to read. So get over there. Where, what is the website, Dave? It's uh, just say I'm 9798.co.uk. Couldn't be easier. So there you go. We will be back next month. If you want to hear Dave speaking on a weekly basis about his love for Newcastle United and how <laughs> much he's a fan of Steve Bruce's tactics, you can check out Man on the Post uh, with the weekend review. A new one was out this week, uh, just gone. There's a Thursday show, um, which comes out on Friday mornings, which is previewing the weekends. There's also 11 Pieces of Me, which Ali's got back up and running. So if you want to be on there and talk about your 11 favourite footballers, they must be retired. Um then get in touch with Ali. I think that's Ali Thompson eighty four on Twitter. It is, yep. Look at that knowledge. Um, and <laughs> yeah, we've got tons of stuff. We've got football podcasts almost daily, pretty close. We've got at least two or three a week. So yeah, get involved uh, if you want to talk football. That's at Man on the Post. Um, so yeah, until next time, Dave. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from you. Goodbye for now. And always keep your champ man on the post. <laughs>